everybody, welcome to the Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and each week I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Before you listen to this week's show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next so you have enough time to watch it. On this week's show, I'll be discussing Pitch Perfect with Mary-Kate O'Malley. Let's roll the film. Pitch Perfect was released in 2012 from director Jason Moore. Based on the book by Mickey Rapkin with a screenplay written by Kay Cannon, the film stars Anna Kendrick, Brittany Snow, Rebel Wilson, Skylar Astin, Anna Camp, and Adam Devine. As, as we're going to for all these episodes coming up, since my co-host picks the movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you why you picked this movie. Why I picked Pitch Perfect. I picked Pitch Perfect because I sang in a cappella group in college, and it was a very exciting time. You say it me. with a sigh. <laughs> I say it with a sigh because it was seriously like, it was very, very exciting, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it's so, it's so dorky. All four years or? Three. Three to four. I didn't. Okay. Um, I actually was too shy my freshman year, so I didn't. I didn't even sing in the choir. Oh wow! And then my I joined late, and so I didn't get to audition until my sophomore year. But then I sang in college, and then after I left college, I just loved it so much that I sang in a. So there are a lot of uh, things that you ran into in your time in the acapella groups that shine through in this movie, don't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about those in just a minute, but before we do. Uh, There is trivia that I look up for each of these movies. Mm -hmm. So some things uh, you can know about this movie that might not be so evident. These are all from IMDb as well. So I'm not doing like deep diving here. This is like in the trivia (laughs) section of IMDb. (laughs) But I do pull out the ones I think are a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. So the storyline between Bumper and Fat Amy Mm -hmm. was not in the script. Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson would improvise during their scenes together and Devine would often try to kiss her. This led (laughs) Devine and Wilson to create a backstory for their two characters and their relationship. The filmmakers thought the hostile sexual chemistry between the two was funny and kept some of the scenes in the film, though according to the two actors, there was a lot that was cut out, (laughs) uh, including a reference to a one-night stand. Wow. Which I think they kind of hinted at when they Fat Amy talks about why Bumper's numbers in her phone. Right, yeah. I think that's kind of the intro to the one-night stand that they just kind of cut out. That's Uh, pretty fun, though. The role of Gail Mm -hmm. was originally written for Kristen Wiig. But she declined due to scheduling conflicts. And then Elizabeth Banks, one of the film's producers, eventually took the role, which is like the best comedic role in the whole movie. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and if, it would have been amazing had Kristen Wiig done it. Yeah. But suits Elizabeth Banks so perfectly, you would have yeah. thought it was written for her. It's very true. I thought it would have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially with her a producer on the movie. Right. I yeah. thought she would want to be in it. So that wasn't the initial plan, but cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song that Becca performs at her audition, Cups or Miss Me When I'm Gone, mm-hmm. is a combination of a children's rhythmic percussion game played with drinking cups with a song that dates back to the late 1920s or early 1930s. Uh, or Yeah, early 1930s. Uh, when I'm Gone, written by A.P. Carter. The song and the game were first combined in 2009 by the British group Lulu and the Lampshades. Mm-hmm. Anna yes. Kendrick heard this version and decided to include it in her audition scene. I did not realize it came from the 1920s, though. That's fascinating. Really? Yeah. Which one would imagine maybe they also played it with cups, because what kind of <laughs> instruments were they kicking around in the 1900s? It's that electric guitar. <laughs> uh, now, your husband clued me into something prior to this as well. 
that you actually know this song. I do. Do you undo it? <laughs> okay. Okay. I will. I'll mic your cups. Okay. And then you can sing. Oh, I didn't even practice though. Do, well, you can do multiple takes. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> Let me see. I got my ticket for the long way round Two bottles of whiskey for the way And I sure would like some sweet company And I'm leaving tomorrow, what do you say? When I'm gone, when I'm gone You're gonna miss me when I'm gone You're gonna miss me by my hair You're gonna miss me everywhere, oh You're gonna miss me when I'm gone that first take yeah. <laughs> first that was time awesome through. thank you first take and everything yeah yeah we, we were prepared to do multiple <laughs> no warm-ups nothing if wow. anyone needed proof that you were in an acapella group <laughs> they got it right there yeah there were any deniers yeah cups yeah <laughs> cups is the ultimate proving factor right it really is everybody knows it now that was great well, thank that. you uh, and last piece of trivia, at one point while Becca is attending the activities fair and checking out the booth for the DJs, and I looked in the movie because I prepared these beforehand to make sure that this was actually a thing, because mm -hmm. who knows if these things on IMDb are actually trivia. Right. Uh, a spirited game of Quidditch can be seen going on in the background, Seriously? including players straddling broomsticks and one player shouting, throw me the quaffle. <laughs> really? It, it, I saw it in there. It's totally happening, so that is legit. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch. Totally legit. Let's watch it again. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I took some notes during the movie. I'm sure you were taking your mental notes, and you've probably seen it many times. Yeah. But I'm curious what in this movie uh, really stands out as being something from reality that I'm sure is exaggerated in some way, or maybe something is just really <laughs> accurate and just movie-ready right away. Um, Actually, the <laughs> so when, there, when Anna Kendrick is in the shower and yeah. she starts singing, um, now... That doesn't happen to people when they're in the shower, but that whole thing where somebody walks up to you and is like, oh my God, you have an amazing voice. Let's harmonize right now. That's really very accurate. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> very much so. So you're just like walking around singing and someone's like... <laughs> yes. Yeah. And people, and, and, and as you sit in a group with people who all sing acapella, somebody will start singing something and then people will just start layering on. Somebody will like come in with a beatbox. It's really... It's, From like different groups and stuff too, just like everybody oh yeah, together. Some, yeah, if, if people are just gonna sit and jam, people will just sit and jam. No kidding. No, it's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things I've noted about this movie since I originally saw. Now I saw. I was telling you guys I saw it at a screening like weeks before the movie actually came out, and was really only excited because Anna Kendrick and Alexis Snap sure. were in it. Yeah, I was like an acapella movie. Right. Woo. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people go in with that same attitude, and I liked it coming out, and then I liked it more and more the more I thought about it. Right. And I have yet to meet anyone, anyone that doesn't love this movie. Yeah, it's true. I don't know what it is about it. it I don't just, know either. There's it, like a little something for everyone in a way. Yeah. And the music obviously is a, a hook and factor too, but. I think it's like the nostalgia of it. Like yeah. everything about it, you can relate to any aspect of it. Like if it doesn't matter like what, like you can, you can relate to it just if the music brings up something from like something that awesome that happened to you when yeah, you were growing yeah. up or if like. 
you're <laughs> like, you know, I'm an acapella nerd. I admit it openly and freely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like if anybody who is a nerd would relate to it in that capacity too, sure, like sure. if whatever it is and if you like music, if you don't, it doesn't matter. It just it's awesome because there's just such a positive energy about being with a group and like depending on everybody around you to like keep the entire song together. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is well, also it's funny really too dorky. because you go to have the interaction with people and be like They'll be like, hey, what do you think of Pitch Perfect? And there's always that like, mm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Like you say it kind of yes. almost embarrassingly. And they're like, I love it too. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yes. All right. Great. We're yes. on the same page. But now I'm at the point where I've embraced the loving it. Because yes. I'll just, someone will be like, do you like Pitch Perfect? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Do you not? They're like, no, of course I do. Okay. <laughs> So now it's not like an embarrassing thing anymore. It's like, of course I do. It's it's a great movie. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it is, and I and I do, I love it as well. But it is the only reason I get like oddly embarrassed about it is because it's shockingly accurate to things <laughs> that happen in in my life. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, so some of the things I took obviously lots of notes in the movie. The intro I love when they play to the intros of a movie and they're doing the universal theme acapella yeah. style, which yes. goes like right into the first performance. Right. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Very weird sense of humor in this movie. That was one of the things that stood out to me the first time I saw it. Like it, you have an idea of what an acapella movie is going to be like, and some of those elements are there for mm-hmm. sure. But then you see stuff like the uh, projectile vomit right. in multiple scenes, the sure. soft-spoken Asian girl who right. says the most bizarre, <laughs> twisted shit the entire Set movie. Fires to feel joy. Yeah, like <laughs> those those like two elements stand out so much that when the movie's over. Like the projectile vomit thing catches you off guard yes. so much. <laughs> yes. And it's like it's like a, a Sam Raimi movie level of projectile vomit. <laughs> exactly. Like it's almost a horror movie. Yes. And it crosses over into not even close to realistic anymore. No. Like Anna Camp doesn't have that much liquid volume in her body <laughs> to generate that much vomit. No, no one does. But, <laughs> and yet it continues and on. Yet. On and on. And it's so great. And then the uh the working Akka into every word that they possibly can yes which, which is now a thing now yeah, oh, totally yeah, now it's especially amongst acapella groups everything's aka yeah no <laughs> that didn't happen before this that's a movie generated thing. that's a movie generated okay thing. or at least with us it wasn't we nobody was walking around Aka, awesome <laughs> we were <laughs> we we would just walk around and like other random things yeah like, sing our part and randomly in the elevator walking to class you'd be like revealing your beatbox if you're doing like and then you'd realize that you're in a group full of people and be like no tone it down (laughs) a little bit back bring it back you had mentioned too that you actually read the book yes that this was based on yes Uh, what what how do they uh stand together like what did they take what did they lose well so it's it's um what they kept was just the 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 theme that a or the yeah the theme that a um all female acapella group had never won the ICCAs oh, okay. and so I don't and they the the group that it's based on University of Oregon's Divisi they performed Usher's Yeah a cover of Usher's Yeah and it was amazing and everybody thought they were going to win but they still didn't win that year and I don't think a female 
acapella group won until the following hmm. year in 2008 or 2000. I don't know. Do you think that is because of the reason that they gave in the movie? Like they just don't have the same range. Yeah, they don't have the same. They don't have the same range. And then it, it I like, and again, that with all like any group, like anytime you have like art or anything where there's a lot of like men that always win, it ends up perpetuating the fact that like, like oh, women can't do it. Oh, but okay. they, so, but the, part of it is yes, the range, and then. Techno- as technology catches up with music, female acapella groups have a lot better chance of think like, now we can like lengthen our range because you have they have they have um it's called like an octavizer, I think it's called. And so oh. it literally drops whatever the lowest note is down another octave. And so when and anytime you have now everybody if you're singing an acapella group, everybody's mic'd and so they just pick whatever mic number it is and say, oh, wow. Okay, at certain parts we'll drop you down an octave and so huh. That's helped tremendously. Yeah. All the background stuff that <laughs> I was unaware of in I the Aqua world. <laughs> yeah, you said that you you had an idea of what Nakapella would yeah. be going into it, but I didn't have any idea. Well, that it technology have... <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> and it is. That's the only time I'm going to do that this whole show, I promise. No, I don't promise. I might no, do it again. it's going to come again. <laughs> I might actually, yeah. Um, so the, the sense of humor, very good. Uh, some things going through the, we even said this during the movie, the Star Wars roommate. Like, did he paint half his room black <laughs> before his roommate got there? Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> totally painted his room black before he just he got, got there. in there. He's like, I got to two face up this room right away. Just boom, cut it in half. Right. Absolutely. That's weird. How and he did a really nice job. He did. <laughs> but that's how everything stuck to the wall so well. He didn't and it looked like he had his own shelving he installed. Yeah. He was on his A game. Yeah. <laughs> That was some dorm room. Maybe Big he dorm came, room, too. Maybe he came super early for, like, math camp or something like that. <laughs> That's why he was there. <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up painting instead. Sure. Why not? Uh, great one-liners in the movie. One of the best ones that stands out to me is, what a nerd alert. Now let's match pitch. <laughs> like, the yeah. dichotomy of what they say. They're very quick to, like, especially Bumper's character, yeah. will alienate something and then totally make fun of himself without right. realizing that he's doing it <laughs> <Yeah>. immediately. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the delivery of the line, I have nodes. Yes. And the whole like speech is like an after school special <laughs> where she has AIDS. I'm I'm living with nodes. It's so good. It's so good. It is. It's very true. Uh, if you have anything, feel free to jump in too. <laughs> okay. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just thinking. Okay. Uh, the competition sequences are awesome, mm-hmm. but are completely elevated by the commentary team. Yes. They are... They're my favorite. They're unbelievable. <laughs> the way that they deliver that stuff... Yes. ...is so amazing. So dry. A lot of it improvised. The fact yeah. that they shot it all in a day, super impressive. It is really impressive. Yeah. I didn't realize they improvised most of it, too. A lot of it. A lot. I mean... What they probably did is they improvise stuff and then they saw what worked and then filmed those. Mm-hmm. So the sure. scenes we saw probably weren't all improvised, but, sure, but they built to that. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you are a misogynist, John. So I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's always like you think the dialogue is over and then one more quick line comes in yeah. and that's the killer right there every yes. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They <laughs> During the uh, the Bella's meeting at the end, they just hang around in the room with the puke on the floor. <laughs> like Asian girl was just doing puke angels. Gets Who wouldn't up. really? Who wouldn't if you could just do a <laughs> oh, puke angel? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, but then she gets up and just sits in the chair with the rest of the group. Like, 
Fucking gross. <laughs> yes, exactly. But somebody did bring a towel. There was a towel. Oh, was there? Yes. Okay. I'm sure that cleaned it right up. And the <laughs> smell was just need. gone right, right. away, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Sure. No problem. Yeah. I mean, of course. That's up fast. <laughs> so nasty. Uh, <laughs> when it's Acapuke, it gets cleaned up much faster. <laughs> probably because now that you point out the uh, the octave dropping technology, which I would never need, by the way, I don't think. <laughs> I think I'm set where no. I am. No, uh, no. <laughs> they have the device in the movie where... As a result of the nodes, Chloe develops that ability to have a deeper voice. Right. Which, which so seems. So, well, yeah. <laughs> so not Science, That's definitely like a movie device for yes, sure. Yes, exactly. Yes. But when I, I first watched it, like I didn't notice a ton of bass in the last song, even though uh, there are a couple points where I noticed yeah. it this time. Uh, but it, it does feel like a weird way to crowbar in their ability to use bass all of a sudden yeah where they probably could have just written that off in a line of dialogue with the technology like right. one expository line right they could have or they but i think that they were trying to i guess i don't know what they were trying to do just give it the get like have the have the group have as much musical control over their yeah. voice or whatever yeah. or have give it some reason why she could actually sing after having nodes because i actually i i know a couple of people who have had nodes really yes and they can they go it's like years where they can't talk oh, and wow. then like they finally or like they finally they have to speak sparingly but they definitely can't sing and otherwise is it a and, cause of like yeah yeah it really is because if you like if your vocal cords vibrating too much together and uh -huh. then you just develop nodes and then they have them removed and oh no it's what happened, it's what happened to i don't sing but my throat's always <laughs> vibrating when i talk and i talk a lot <laughs> well it's what happened to julie andrews and then is she, it yeah and then she couldn't she can't ever sing again oh wow totally damaged her vocal words but that's weird yeah it is it's really sad so that's i think it was less a less a way of working in the bass probably and more a way of making it so that she could actually sing for right. the show because in real life there's no way you'd be able to sing after an operation on your vocal cords yeah i know right <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't help thinking of uh that movie rookie of the year oh, awesome. when when they do that, like she developed a superpower almost, and then there's that kid, <laughs> right? That what is it? It's like a strained tendon or something, right? And they can throw super fast because of it. Yes. I don't know why that <laughs> makes me think of the same thing. It's like it the, same the same movie thing. device. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. So strange. Now she can pitch so much faster. <laughs> her nodes caused her to pitch faster. You're like, wait a minute, we're totally mixed up no. right now. No, that's not right. That's in the sequel. That'll yeah. be the new one. Uh, it is rare to see a movie too, and I like the fact that they did this to kind of break some gender stereotypes it's rare to see a movie where the girl makes the grand gesture to win over a guy that is true it's yes. almost always the other way around i'm sure there are other movies out there that yeah. do that i can't think of any off the top of my head no um, I either, actually i personally i still like i get very much into movies and even though i've seen this so many times and we just watched it again <laughs> and like are in a super chill relaxed environment Every time I see uh, Anna Kendrick start singing Don't You Forget About Me, I get like a spine chill yes. every single time. Mm -hmm. Because, and I don't know if it's just because it's executed so well in the movie, right. or it's the fact that they took uh, a classic, nostalgic, powerful ending, yeah, and then also are kind of borrowing from that and pulling that into this movie as well to almost ramp up like it's working on so many levels yeah i cannot watch that scene i've even watched it outside of the movie to see if like pulling it out of context mm -hmm. would have a different effect but it still gets me like yeah. and maybe it's just because i know the context but it's like no well, that's really I mean. powerful scene yeah well that's i mean that's the the i mean like when i was saying before where 
the music itself will pull you back. Mm. Like even just listening to that song, I mean, obviously it's different when you're watch- listening to Anna Kendra sing it versus listening to the original version. Anything Anna Kendrick does affects <laughs> me differently than anything else anyway. I feel like that's the case for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's not just you. Oh, okay, good. No, but no, so it... That, but it, it pull, it pulls that in too. So that it makes you, that's what you think about when you're, when you listen to Anna Kendrick sing it, just putting you back in that mindset is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what any acapella song is gunning for, really, because, you know, the emotional reaction. Yeah. yeah. Because it's at some point, like you, when you're listening to acapella, every, there's a whole, it's just a bunch of people. <laughs> and then, but, good acapella will make you forget about that and yeah. so like and that's the the line that everyone's trying to f- like find when they're sitting and singing see you watched it for the movie and i watched it for like, all the acapella <laughs> all <laughs> the acapella stuff i could find yeah. <laughs> but still yeah yeah that's true so i know you're like a big movie buff like i am mm-hmm. um do you think movies like this where they have the musical component, especially one where they're featuring a lot of commercial music in it, have an emotional advantage compared to a lot of other films? I do. I really do. Because I feel like it 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 pulls from a completely different audience as mm. to what you're... And on the movie, too, like it'll just... Any audience that it can... Well, it'll draw from whatever audience it can. So whatever music... Um, they pick especially stuff from the 80s. I feel mm. like people really love the 80s a lot. Totally. Um, anything from the 80s. It takes it's people from our generation and any of the like, new generation kids coming up as well. The oh, 80s yeah. were so rad. They were the best. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s were awesome. All of the music from the 80s is awesome. Oh, but everything from the 80s is awesome. Are you kidding me? I still hear, this, it's the dumbest thing ever. Uh, I will put on the He-Man theme and when I hear him say, I have the power, that's like the best recorded piece of dialogue, voiceover dialogue in the history of voiceover. Like that gives me chills like crazy. <laughs> and yes, it was because I watched He-Man like a fiend when I was a kid. But him just saying, yeah. I have the power, you're just like, yeah, <laughs> I do have the power. The I can feel it awesome. right now. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> And for people that haven't seen Chappie either, they they incorporate a He-Man clip into the movie. Really? It's awesome. It's That's so fantastic. good. So good. Oh, so yeah, I'm going to have to see Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> well worth seeing. Yeah. Uh, are there any other things in the movie that kind of like reminded you of like real life acapella stories or things that you've run into? Oh, the whole bus. Oh, that yeah. That was anytime we were on a tour. That was our tour. That was exactly what happened. We would all sit on the bus and somebody would... Start to sing something, and it could be anything. I mean, we would sing stuff from The Sound of Music. We sang stuff from, I mean, it like old musicals, anything current, anything old. And people, it just, it's amazing to me the amount of music that other people know. Like, I didn't know half the stuff that people were singing, but kind of make it up. Which is why when they do the riff off, where they're at, like, everybody's like jamming out is so incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know the song, you can just stand in the background and be like, and that's kind of what one of the yeah. char- uh, Anna Camp's character was doing when they were singing No Diggity. Yeah. She was kind of like hanging in the back like, I'm pretending I know the song and I totally don't. <laughs> totally have no idea what yeah, song totally is. Not yeah, totally not at all. And yet, you know, everybody else knows. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's, yeah. it's all part of the fun of being a cappella because people, you know, if you, you need to know the like 
the whatever the biggest like song is at the time, then you also need to know all of the other songs that nope that nobody's ever really listened to. Yeah, yeah. So is the riff off even realistic in the sense that? I, I imagine it takes a lot of prep and practice to really put a good acapella performance together. But can you really do that and kind of like, because I, I noticed in the riff off they do like have one yeah. or two people start off and then it builds up from that. Yeah, and it and and that's that's exactly how it would work. I'm I know that I totally forget who the the um, music coordinator was. This he also did. Um, was the music coordinator for Glee as well, okay. and so he, they did all of the arrangements for the the um, for the movie. But yeah, yes, if you are standing in a group, as long as people know the the songs, and if you have a very talented group of singers, mm-hmm. people you, you can kind of figure it out because music, pop music in particular, is very generic. Like it's the same three chords for yeah. every song just about and so as long as you have some and then if you and then when you have songs that have like a very distinctive moving line where the there's the you know obviously there's the melody that everybody sings but there's also like the background where when it stops everyone's singing (laughs) then that's what everyone's going to chime in with because that's what everybody knows and then there'll be and then there will be like a handful of people who are like oh i know the bass i know the and then they'll start doing their thing so it is possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's but cool. it's just a t- it just goes to show how amazingly talented all of those people are. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> the um the the different group dynamic too, like they obviously have very characterized individuals within the Bellas and everything. Um in a regular a cappella group, do people start to fall into roles like that? Are there stereotypes of a cappella group people? Yes. I only have ever sung in an all female group. Okay. So I've I've never I've sung with boys but mm-hmm. i've never sung in, in in a mixed group so with respect to being in an all-female group everyone has a job that they're supposed to do yeah and so my job in all of my acapella groups was to kind of be the mediator like everybody liked me i was always friends with everybody because everybody was fantastic and it just so my job was to kind of mingle and make sure that when things got heated nobody killed each other <laughs> that's really <laughs> but there is always somebody whose job it is to like be the loud indignant one to like just disagree for the sake of disagreeing and that's all really part of the artistic process mm-hmm. of putting together a song so yeah there's you have your you have a director who is sometimes very nazi like sometimes they're very community community yeah. oriented and try and figure it out sometimes they're not, but yeah. So it 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 and and then depending on how the group is run, um, things filter down from there as to what who what, who gets what role in in the group. But yeah, that's exactly how it is. The Aubrey character surfaces more often than not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she does. She pops up every now and then. It's terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying. But the thing is that usually, typically, like it's the person who has the most musical background so like even though you want to be like no they actually know what they're talking about which is the only difference between aubrey and if you have that person in your acapella group is there a a lot of like would you focus on the one song or do you like in this movie there's a lot of layering multiple songs together and mashups which i'm sure is way more popular now because mashups are just a thing that happens in music more often now but was that something that would happen a lot when you were doing it? So when I sang in college, we never really 
layered anything because mm-hmm. we didn't have anybody to to arrange. We did all of our arrangements by ear. So somebody would put the music on and we'd literally sit there next to the boombox for like an hour until we could pick out a part. And then we would try singing it all together, see if it worked. And then if not, we'd keep certain thing. Our, our director would go through and like pick which parts we should keep, which parts we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I graduated from college and then sang after college, there were I the girls ladies I sang with in that group had an awful lot of arranging experience, and then we ended up with an awful lot of layering and mashups and stuff like that, which yeah. is actually really fun because it's an awful lot of songs. That well, you it seems like sing. a more dynamic piece that you come out with at the end too. It's yeah. it's not just one thing that like there's different things to listen to and pick up from and notice. And yeah. I mean, all the performances at the end were multiple songs by each group. Right. For the most part. And they did that at the end because it's the most exciting thing. They were building up to that. So yeah. now it's just a better performance. Yeah. You can also get musically you can you can do more with the actually like composing different parts because you there isn't I mean, if you've never put any two songs together then you can write your own part to combine them. But that's all part of the fun for the arranger. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I've tried, but I'm also not very good. Bummer. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no. It is the, I, I love Pitch Perfect. It makes me happy. But again, it's, it's for great, all yeah. of the super dorky acapella reasons. Yeah. Why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet, obviously, it's much more universal because, like we said, everybody loves it. It's true, which makes me very happy. But yeah. I, and I always tell people that it's shockingly accurate because <laughs> it is really incredibly any moment would have been something. That's that what, uh, that's what we say about varsity blues growing up in a town that loved football to yeah. an extent that is borderline ridiculous yes yeah oh yeah i mean granted we didn't live in the south and uh, varsity blues is an exaggerated version of what happened but a lot of that stuff still went on at our school yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah see varsity blues would so much cooler if anna kendrick was in it too i know right (laughs) she should be in every movie forever (laughs) she should be in my movie and play my love interest really is what it comes down to Absolutely, she should. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there. We have verification. Exactly, uh, yes. Anything else in the movie you want to talk about before we uh, sign off? I don't think so. Okay. I think that's kind of crazy because, I, I, again, I just get so immersed in the fact that it's very accurate. Yeah. 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 So I don't pay attention to the line so much. Well, I don't know what order these episodes are going to come out in, but mm-hmm. thank you for doing the very first one with me. <laughs> this is the first recorded episode of the Random Movie Podcast. Thanks. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally honored. Yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. Okay. Thanks again to Mary-Kate for joining me this week. Random Movie Club is a production of The Geek Generation. You can get every episode along with everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our flagship podcast, The Geek Generation, available both on the site and on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a review. We always appreciate those. Thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolfstead Music for our theme song. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next week when we'll discuss The Fast and the Furious. See you then.